Episode 20, Trustless, A Tale of Bitcoin. In 2028, Sheffield the city reborn, pulsating with energy and resplendence under the summer sky. The birth of the Bitcoin era had transformed this industrial city into a thriving hub of technology and innovation. Amidst this profound transformation, James Dalton, a young Bitcoiner, was preparing for a night out in Kell Island, the heart of the city's vibrant nightlife. James's penthouse, a testament to his success, overlooked the transformed cityscape. Its metallic roots now glittered with a digital vitality. Among the whirlwind of change, the city's heart, its soul, had remained gritty, resilient, proud. His friends, all fellow Bitcoiners, gathered in his open-plan living room, their excited chatter merging with the pulsating city soundscape outside. They shared tales of their recent escapades, recalling their last foray at a free party in the Peak District. The laughter and camaraderie were infectious, a collective celebration of their shared journey. Who'd have thought, a few years back, during the lockdowns, we'd be here, said Alex, his face alight with the exhilaration of the times. A murmur of agreement resonated in the room, a shared acknowledgement of the paradigm shift they'd experienced. The past feels like another lifetime, James agreed, his gaze fixed on the Sheffield skyline, an interplay of the city's industrial past and its digital future. An autonomous Uber arrived to escort them to their destination. The ride to Kellam Island was a sensory experience in itself. Buildings adorned with LED screens showcased the pulsating digital heartbeat of the city, while the holographic billboards projected the promising future of Bitcoin. As they alighted, the thumping bass of electronic music filled the air. Their destination was a former steel mill, its skeletal remains a canvas for Sheffield's renaissance. Its interiors glowed with neon lights, reflecting off the exposed steel beams and brickwork. Inside, the mill thrummed with the collective euphoria of the Bitcoin boom. The crowd, a mix of miners, entrepreneurs, artists and free thinkers, rode the wave of the digital revolution. They were the architects of the new age, celebrating their freedom and prosperity with wild abandon. Conversations flowed as freely as the Bitcoin transactions. They spoke about the drastic societal shift, their newfound financial independence, and the stark contrast to the sombre times of the lockdown. They reminisced, they speculated, they dreamt. They were no longer survivors, but pioneers. As James immersed himself in the jubilant crowd, he felt alive with the spirit of the times. This was the Roaring Twenties, a perfect blend of history and futurism. He was part of a revolution, a witness to a world-changing epoch, living the party of a lifetime. The hedonism of the Roaring Twenties in its modern reincarnation was a spectacle to behold. The vast industrial space hummed with electronic music that resonated with the pulsating neon lights, creating an ambience of euphoria. Silk drape aerialists descended from the steel rafters, performing entrancing routines in time with the beat. Drones buzzed overhead, capturing the grandeur and sharing it with the world in real time. Around them, the partygoers, dressed in chic neo-retro outfits, were an eclectic mix of individuals, innovators, artists, rebels, dreamers. They were the New Age Gatsby's and Daisies, their wealth not inherited but earned through the digital gold rush of Bitcoin. Bartenders, assisted by AI mixologists, were busy creating flamboyant cocktails, their hands moving in a hypnotic rhythm. Bitcoin transactions, instantaneous and seamless, took place over handheld devices, replacing traditional money exchanges. James and his friends found themselves in the heart of the party. Their laughter echoed through the hall, their shared euphoria mirrored by everyone around them. The past hardships seemed like a distant, fading memory. The world outside was forgotten, replaced by the mesmerising spectacle of freedom and prosperity. The music shifted, the bass notes deepening, drawing the crowd towards the dance floor. It was like a rhythmical call to celebrate their victories, their resilience, their newfound freedom. The hypnotic pulse of the beat took over, 
bodies swaying in time, lost in a shared rhythm. Artists in the crowd sketched and painted, their creations a live testament to the energy around them. As the night wore on, these artworks were digitised and auctioned as NFTs, creating yet another layer of connection between the partygoers. James, feeling the rush of the moment, could hardly believe how far they'd come. It felt like an extravagant dream, a Gatsby-esque tableau painted in neon hues. Yet it was real, a reflection of a world changed, a celebration of a new era, the Bitcoin epoch of the Roaring Twenties. They were not just revelling in a party of the decade, they were living a revolution, shaping the future, one Satoshi at a time. As the night slipped into the early hours, James decided to take a step outside, the intensity of the party calling for a moment of respite. He left the pulsating interior, stepping out into the cool, still air of the Sheffield night. The cityscape, bathed in a soft, ambient glow, offered a serene contrast to the frenzied party inside. Leaning against the cool, rough brick of the mill, he savoured quiet, his mind still reverberating with the energy of the party. His thoughts meandered through the phenomenal change of the past few years, a change that had been as swift as it was dramatic. Lost in thought, he didn't immediately notice the man approaching him. The man was tall and wore a well-tailored suit, an anachronism amidst the party's fashion landscape. His presence was commanding, his stride purposeful. James Dalton, the man asked as he reached James. His voice was calm, a ripple of formality cutting through the cool night air. James turned towards him, nodding. That's me. Can I help you? The man held out a badge, the light catching on the MI5 emblem. Agent Carter, MI5, he introduced himself. I believe we have something to discuss. In the quiet, serene corner outside the party, the agent briefed James on the situation. A group, the Fiat Revivalists, aimed to destabilise the Bitcoin system that had brought so much prosperity and freedom to the people. They were a threat to this vibrant new world, a spectre looming over the bright future they were all working towards. They are terrorists. They seek to destroy Bitcoin and the revolution. Our interest is not in Bitcoin, only the preservation of law and order, Carter said, choosing his words carefully. I believe we might both have a mutual interest in this, Carter told James, who could feel his pride swelling. James felt a surge of responsibility as Agent Carter's words sank in. He had reaped the benefits of this new era, celebrated his victories, but now it was time to fight for it. The party inside continued unabated, oblivious to the storm that was brewing. James's mind was a whirlwind as he re-entered the steel mill, the pulsating music and neon lights a stark contrast to the gravity of what he had just learned. He pulled together his friends and dropped hints about the threat of the Fiat Revivalists and his future. Though he mused to himself, his friends were too far gone to remember much of what he had said. As they left the mill, their destination was a woodworking warehouse in Neep's End, notorious for its decadent after-parties. Their Uber cruised through the sleeping city, its silent hydrogen engine a ghost-like contrast to the hum of life inside the vehicle. The partygoers of Sheffield were far from finished. The Roaring Twenties weren't about to be silenced by the rhythmical rising and setting of the sun. The warehouse in Neepsen was a hidden gem, a sanctuary for the nocturnal innovators and revellers. Its exterior was deceptively rustic, giving no hint of the ultra-modern hedonist playground within. As they stepped inside, the warehouse sprung to life. Industrial machinery was still there, intermingled with woodworking machines and open spaces for dance floors. Far from a simple workshop, the space was largely given away to an enchanting futuristic world of pleasure. Holographic projectors painted, shifting surreal landscapes on the high brick walls, transporting partygoers to fantastical realms. The towering wooden structures, reminders of the warehouse's past, stood as rustic sculptures adorned with glowing LED lights, 
creating a mesmerising blend of old and new. As they made their way through the crowd, the air was thick with exhilaration. Conversations hummed around them, infused with the ideas and dreams that were shaping this new era. The music was a hypnotic fusion of electronic and jazz, a nod to the original Roaring Twenties, with an undeniable infusion of the future. Amidst the hedonistic revelry, however, James and his friends were acutely aware of their newfound mission. They were not just part of this Bitcoin epoch, they were now its protectors. The night was far from over and the future was calling. The real party, it seemed, was just getting started. As the sun began to peep over the horizon, painting the sky in hues of orange and pink, the after-party began to wind down. James and his friends found themselves in the warehouse's courtyard, the fresh morning air a welcome relief from the heady atmosphere inside. They settled on a reclaimed wooden bench, their laughter and conversation ebbing into quiet contemplation. The revelry of the night had been an exuberant celebration of their newfound wealth and freedom. Yet, as they sat in the courtyard, watching the first light of the day touch the historic cityscape, their thoughts were firmly on the future. Alex broke the silence. When we first started this Bitcoin journey, I never imagined we'd end up here. Yeah, Sophie chimed in, her voice thoughtful. It's been a wild ride. I mean, remember 2020? They all winced at the memory. The lockdowns, the despair, the isolation. It seemed like a different lifetime. But look at us now, James murmured, his gaze drifting over the city they'd grown to love. Look at Sheffield. We're not just surviving, we're thriving. Their conversation flowed, the camaraderie palpable in the quiet morning air. They discussed the astounding transformation Sheffield had undergone. From a city struggling with the repercussions of lockdown to a flourishing hub of innovation and prosperity. They shared their dreams for the future, of a world built on the principles of decentralisation and financial independence that Bitcoin promised. They talked about the possibilities and the challenges, all of the technological advancements they wished to see, and the societal change they hoped to influence and the sacrifices they would make to get there. As they sat there, in the dawning light of a new day, the euphoria of the night had made way for a sense of purpose. This was their moment, their generation's defining challenge. The hedonism of the Roaring Twenties was a testament to their success, but building a new future was their mission. Their laughter rang out again, not just in celebration of their wealth, but in anticipation of the challenges that lay ahead. They were ready to shape the future, one block in the timestamp server at a time. As the sun rose higher, marking the beginning of a new day, they knew they were on the cusp of a new era. After all, this was more than just the Roaring Twenties. This was the dawn of the Bitcoin epoch. Let's not forget though, James said, his voice taking on a serious tone as he bruised the subject of the fiat revivalists. We have got a fight in our hands. There was a collective nod, an understanding of the gravity of the situation. The group fell silent, the laughter and banter of earlier momentarily forgotten. These fiat revivalists, he continued, they're not just a threat to us or Bitcoin. They're a threat to the freedom we've won, the prosperity we're enjoying. He paused, scanning the faces of his friends. In the clear morning light, their determination was evident. They want to take us back to a system that failed us, that led to the recession and the economic despair we all experienced. James's voice was hard, his usual jovial demeanour replaced by resolve. They want to bring back centralised control, the manipulation, the inequality. But we've seen a better way, he added, his gaze returning to the horizon, and we're not going to let that happen. We've been given the chance to build a better future, and we're going to fight for it. The group fell into silence, the weight of their mission settling in. But it wasn't a silence of defeat, it was a silence of determination, a pause before the storm. They were young, successful and influential. They were part of the Bitcoin revolution and now they had a responsibility to protect it. As the sun climbed higher in the sky, 
bathing Sheffield in its warm golden light. They stood together. This was their city, their world, their future, and they were ready to defend it. The Fiat revivalists had just become their first real challenge in this new era, a stark reminder that the fight for the future was far from over. As the echoes of the previous night's debauchery faded, replaced by the sobering light of day, their resolve hardened. This was more than a battle over currency, it was a battle for the future, and they were ready to face it head on. James knew he had to play to his strengths, to utilise the world he was familiar with, so he hatched a plan both grand and audacious, one that would shake up Sheffield like never before. He decided to host a monumental party, an event so extravagant and ostentatious that it would not just lure the business community, but would inevitably draw fiat revivalists out of the shadow. His mind buzzed with ideas. He envisioned an opulent celebration, a manifestation of the prosperity and euphoria brought on by the Bitcoin revolution. A night filled with glamour, entertainment and the creme de la creme of Sheffield's business community. The location would be key. He needed a place that represented the essence of Sheffield, the juxtaposition of his rich industrial heritage and his burgeoning digital future. He settled on the iconic Magnus Science Adventure Centre, a transformed steel mill that perfectly encapsulated Sheffield's evolution. He began reaching out to his extensive network of contacts, sending out cryptographically secure digital invitations. The guest list was meticulously curated, featuring the prominent figures in the Bitcoin community, technology innovators, entrepreneurs, local dignitaries and influential business leaders. Among them, he suspected some would be fiat revivalists. He invested into creating an unforgettable spectacle. World-renowned artists were booked, immersive tech installations commissioned, and a mouth-watering array of food and drink arranged, with transactions to be made entirely in Bitcoin. The buzz in the city grew as the day approached. The press speculated, the public was intrigued, and the city's elite were eager. After all, a party by James was known to be an exceptional affair, and this promised to be his grandest yet. And, amidst all the anticipation, James found himself on a knife edge of excitement and tension. For, hidden within the pomp and circumstance was a serious mission. This was more than just a party. It was a trap designed to lure out those threatening the world he was part of. The stakes were high, and the game was on. The night of the party arrived, and the old steel mill was transformed into a scene straight out of a future era. High-tech installations glowed and blinked, casting a surreal glow on the structure's rusted industrial bones. Guests began pouring in, the sound of conversation and clinking glasses filling the air. James stood at the entrance, greeting his guests. His mind, however, was elsewhere, analysing the crowd, watching for signs of the revivalists. Yet he knew the real game would only begin once everyone was at ease, lost in the glamour and the euphoria of the night. Once the party was in full swing, James circulated through the crowd. He made small talk, subtly gauged reactions, listened for tones of dissent. He had done his homework. He knew who to watch, who to engage. The night wore on, the revelry growing wilder. Yet in the middle of it all, James never lost sight of his mission. He started floating around the idea of massive Bitcoin investment, carefully watching for reactions, for signs of opposition or discomfort. In one such conversation, he noticed a pair of guests exchanging a fleeting, meaningful glance. The pair were leaders of a local manufacturing firm, known for their conservative business approach, but never openly opposed to Bitcoin. James pursued the lead, striking up a conversation with them. He subtly introduced his massive Bitcoin initiative, noting their reactions closely. There was a momentary hesitation, a brief exchange of glances between them. It wasn't much, but it was a start. As dawn approached, James knew he had found a thread to pull on. This wasn't conclusive proof of their involvement with the Fiat revivalists, but it was enough to dig deeper to investigate further. As the party ended and the last guests trickled out, 
James couldn't help but feel a rush of adrenaline. His grand scheme, the elaborate ploy, had borne fruit. The road to uncovering the Fiat revivalists was not going to be easy, but he had made a promising start. He looked around the emptying hall. The signs of the night had mystic revelry all around him. Yet within this, he had sparked the first flame of resistance against the Fiat revivalists. James was not now just a Bitcoiner or wealthy entrepreneur. He was a defender of the new era, the Bitcoin epoch, ready to take on those who threatened it. The sun had barely broken over the Sheffield horizon as James found himself back at his apartment, sitting at his state-of-the-art computer. His heart was still pounding from the night, but it wasn't the grandeur of the party or the effects of the flowing champagne. It was the prospect of the task ahead. He pulled up information on the two individuals he'd identified at the party. Their names were Paul and Lydia Davis, co-owners of the local manufacturing giant, a company that, he discovered, had suffered considerable losses during the Bitcoin boom due to a refusal to adapt to the new economic landscape. He scoured the blockchain looking for any transactions that could be linked back to the pair or their businesses. His experience in Bitcoin mining had honed his ability to follow the trace of transactions across the public ledger. Hours turned into days as James dug deeper, sifting through data, looking for the connection he needed. In his relentless pursuit, he stumbled upon a series of seemingly unconnected transactions, leading back to a shell corporation's links to the Davis's firm. It was a complex web of transactions, designed to obscure, but not enough to hide from someone who knew what to look for. Armed with this information, James got back in touch with Agent Carter. His findings were met with a cautious optimism. They didn't have any concrete evidence yet, but it was the lead they desperately wanted. In the days that followed, James took his investigation further, navigating the city's bustling business scene, attending meetings, luncheons, playing the part of a successful entrepreneur while surreptitiously gathering more intel. He was cautious, knowing that one wrong move could alert his targets. Every conversation, every interaction was a piece of the puzzle, and James was drawing a picture of a discreet but powerful Fiat revivalist movement. The Davises were just the start, he realised. This was bigger than he'd initially thought. As the Bitcoin world continued its forward march, James found himself on the front line of a hidden war. His world was no longer just parties and digital fortunes. It was now a battle to protect the very foundation of their new era. He was in deep, embroiled in a conflict with the past, fighting for a future he firmly believed in. And in his heart, James knew there was no turning back. In the subsequent weeks, James transformed from a partying Bitcoin enthusiast into a full-fledged investigator. He continued to mingle in social gatherings, skillfully probing, testing waters and connecting the dots. All the while, he kept Agent Carter updated on his progress. His apartment became a veritable war room, filled with screens showing data charts, profiles of persons of interest and a large Sheffield map pinpointing the location of suspected revivalists. As James delved deeper, he became increasingly concerned with the extent of the revivalists' reach. He discovered a network of influential business leaders, politicians and technocrats who were quietly rallying against the Bitcoin revolution. It was as if a shadowy old world order was refusing to fade away, lurking in the corners of this new age. Despite this, James remained undeterred. His resolve only strengthened, fueled by a firm belief in the democratising power of Bitcoin. He continued to uncover more links, meticulously building a comprehensive picture of the revivalist network. One night, while following a trail of transactions, James stumbled upon a suspicious pattern leading to an offshore account. The account was a nexus, receiving and sending large amounts of funds from various sources. Upon further investigation, he found a connection between the account and the prominent member of parliament with a known history of scepticism towards Bitcoin. This was a breakthrough James had not expected. 
His findings implicated a powerful political figure, a revelation that would shape the entire Bitcoin community and beyond. He immediately informed Agent Carter. This was it. They had a crucial lead that could bring the revivalists out into the open. In the light of this discovery, the dangers and the stakes became even more apparent. James knew the battle ahead wouldn't be easy. The revivalists had influence and resources, but he had the truth on his side. This is no longer just about protecting Bitcoin, but about exposing the corruption and power plays that threatened to destabilize the progress made. As the line between the digital and real world blurred, James realised his role in this struggle was bigger than he had ever imagined. His life had changed in unimaginable ways, and there was no going back. The parties, the flamboyance, and the easy-going lifestyle of the past felt like distant memories. He was now a soldier in the battle for a fair and transparent financial future. It was a fight he was ready for, one transaction at a time. In this Bitcoin-fueled revelry, the limits of the past were constantly challenged and redefined. It was an era of digital hedonism, the pursuit of pleasure amplified by technology, as if the very concept of excess had been reimagined for this new age. In the heart of Sheffield's resurgent neighbourhood, on a crisp summer evening, the grand neo-Gothic facade of James's mansion illuminated the twilight sky. He was hosting another party. And it wasn't just any party. It was a declaration, a display of the Bitcoin era's unabashed vibrance and grandeur. As the hour of the party approached, guests started arriving in self-driving cars and hydrogen rickshaws, their silhouettes aglow in the neon-lit streets. Stepping onto the cobblestone pavement, they were met with a spectacular sight. The mansion transformed into a dazzling palace of light and sound. Within its walls, an enormous atrium was converted into a breathtaking ballroom, awash with holographic displays and dynamic lights, painting ethereal illusions onto the soaring brick walls. A sprawling, transparent dome stretched above, revealing the starlit night sky, while floating drones equipped with cameras hovered silently, capturing every moment. James moved effortlessly amongst his guests, his charisma as captivating as the spectacular party around him. The crowd was a crisscross of the city's populace, artists, intellectuals, entrepreneurs, tech visionaries, all brought together by the transformative power of Bitcoin. He conversed with a group of artists, their latest work auctioned in digital tokens, their expressions brought to life by augmented reality headsets. There were whispers about an AI painting that had recently sold for millions. The transaction etched indelibly onto the blockchain. Next, he found himself amid a heated discussion about quantum computing's potential impact on Bitcoin's encryption protocols. The debate was alive with opposing views and predictions. The discourse, a fascinating blend of philosophy and technology. He met with Bitcoin miners, their operations now powered entirely by renewable energy. He listened to their tales about the early days of mining, their words painting vivid pictures of basements filled with buzzing servers, now replaced by sprawling solar-powered data farms. Across the room, a live band was playing a high-energy tune, their music enhanced by a 360-degree sound system and holographic visualisations. But it wasn't just for the guests. The performance was being streamed live, with digital tickets purchased in Satoshis from across the globe. James's attention was caught by the spectacular bar, a floating self-service automaton, mixing and serving drinks while interacting with guests. People stood around engaged in conversations about the decentralisation of finance, the autonomy of personal wealth, their words punctuated by the laughter and clink of glasses. Through his interactions and observations, James saw the future unfolding before his eyes. It was a future that was innovative, inclusive and revolutionary. The party wasn't just a celebration of the present, but also a toast to a promising and exciting future. 
In certain corners of the mansion, guests engaged in augmented reality drug experiences. Biodegradable patches no larger than a postage stamp were attached to the skin, releasing a mix of synthetic compounds into the bloodstream. The patches interacted with wearable tech, combining neurostimulation and sensory enhancements to create experiences that transcended the ordinary limitations of physical euphoria. They took the users on ethereal trips, from floating through astral planes to diving deep into the labyrinth of their consciousness. Drinks flowed freely, each one a crafted molecular gastronomy, carrying compounds that lifted spirits, induced relaxation and in some cases enhanced empathic connections. Guests lost themselves in a euphoric haze, their laughter echoing off the mansion's high ceilings, their senses heightened and inhibitions lowered. James navigating through the pulsating crowd stumbled upon a nondescript door half hidden behind a tapestry. Curiosity peaked, he pushed open the door, revealing a dimly lit room awash in sensual opulence. An orgy was unfolding, with bodies moving together in a mesmerising choreography of passion and pleasure. The room was filled with a mix of scents, musk, exotic oils, intoxicating pheromones. The spectacle was enhanced by the glow of bioluminescent tattoos adorning the participants. Their bodies lit up in radiant patterns that pulsed with their movements. The display of sexual liberation was as starkly confronting as it was artistically captivating. James stood in the doorway, taking in the scene. The era of Bitcoin had brought about changes that were impossible to fathom just a decade ago. Society was shedding old inhibitions and embracing an unfettered exploration of human desires. It was a brave new world, breathtaking and daunting in equal measures. James always wanted to immerse himself fully in the experiences life had to offer, allowed himself to be drawn in, to become a part of this eclectic tableau of humanity. Make love, not war, was the motto of this new epoch. The party outside seemed a world away as he navigated through the intimate landscape, joining in the communal celebration of freedom that felt so very symbolic of this new Bitcoin era. Caught in the throbbing heart of pleasure and hedonism, James hesitated for a moment. The glow of bioluminescent tattoos, the ethereal blend of sense, the low hum of pleasure, it was intoxicating, like a siren's song. The decision was easy. As much as he was a soldier in a secret war, he was also a child of this era, born and baptised in the ecstasy of Bitcoin-fueled liberation. He shed his clothes, his inhibitions at the door, and joined the writhing mass of bodies. Every touch was electrified, every whisper a promise of pleasure. He became one with the others, their bodies merging and separating in a passionate dance. The bioluminescent tattoos on his own skin began to pulse the light changing rhythm with his increasing heartbeat. The sensation was surreal, as if he had become part of a living, breathing artwork of passion and desire. Just as he was losing himself in the ecstasy, a loud, shattering sound echoed through the mansion. It was jarring, out of place, in the orchestrated symphony of hedonism. The orgy participants froze, the electric atmosphere rupturing into a sudden, unnerving silence. The sound, a disruptive mechanical alarm, was coming from the main atrium. It was the mansion security system. A breach? In the midst of this opulence, danger seemed like an alien concept. Yet it had arrived, unwelcome and unannounced. James pulled abruptly from the ecstasy, hastily grabbed his clothes, his mind transitioning from the fog of pleasure to the sharpness of impending danger, raced to understand the situation. This was his home, his sanctuary, and it was under threat. As he sprinted out of the room, the mansion transforming from a haven of hedonism to a potential battleground, he couldn't shake off the creeping dread. He was not just James, the Bitcoin tycoon anymore. He was the guardian of this new world, and he had a fight to face. As the reality of the situation crystallised, a knot of adrenaline and fear tightened in James's stomach. 
The fiat revivalists were here. His home, his sanctuary, had been invaded. He raced down the winding staircase, the pulsating neon lights casting low, unsettling shadows. The basement was shrouded in an eerie calm. Sleek, matte-black, 3D-printed firearms lay arranged in a secure case. He'd had them printed years ago, a necessary precaution in an increasingly volatile world, but he never imagined he'd have to use them in his own home. With practice movements, he slipped on a form-fitting bulletproof vest over his head and loaded a semi-automatic pistol with high-density polymer rounds. He could hear the cacophony above, the panicked screams of his guests, the harsh orders of the attackers, its cold, hard surface strangely grounding amidst the chaos. His mind flashed back to the Audrey. The sensory overload, the ethereal bliss, and he couldn't quite help but marvel at the absurdity of the situation. Just moments ago, he was reveling in the heights of hedonism, and now he was about to engage in battle. He shook off the fear, allowing the cold clarity of survival to take over. This was his fight, the culmination of all the warnings, all the preparation. His body still hummed with the sensory echoes of the orgy, the glow of his bioluminescent tattoos flickering in the dim light as he steeled himself. With one last deep breath, he started his ascent back to the atrium. The Fiat Revivalists had brought the war to his doorstep, but he was ready. He would fight, not just for himself, but for this new world, this brave, hedonistic, Bitcoin-fueled future, and he would not let it crumble. James's eyes scanned the hostages. Among them were his closest allies and friends. Grace, a brilliant software engineer with a biting wit, her unusually bright eyes now clouded with fear. Victor, a tough-talking former miner with a heart of gold, his fists clenched in helpless rage. And Emily, a young tattoo artist who had pioneered the use of bioluminescent tattoos. Her usually vibrant glow dulled in this grim situation. The fiat revivalists, with no demands or questions in the grand ballroom, with the light still shimmering and illuminating the darkness, started to retreat. Hostages in tow. James counted six overall. They were pulled out of the ballroom, and James didn't know whether to shoot and try and rescue them, or let the fiat revivalists win this round. The last thing he wanted to do was kill a hostage. He lowered his weapon, and without a moment's more notice, the hostages and attackers were out of the ballroom, out of the mansion, and away into the night. James stood in shock. This was war. As the dust of the battle settled, the remnants of the Grand Party stood as a haunting reminder of the night's events. The mansion, which just hours before was a beacon of euphoria and freedom, now lay in disarray. Neon lights flickered intermittently, illuminating the shattered debris of the once resplendent setting. Torn streamers, shattered glassware, and the haunting echo of music, that was once the lifeblood of celebration. James his body still buzzing from the adrenaline, moved quickly towards his study. He had a direct line to MI5. A stark red button hidden behind an inconspicuous panel on the mahogany bookshelf. This was a war he could not win alone, and it was time to call in reinforcements. As he pushed the button, he could feel the weight of the situation pressing down on him. The euphoria of the Bitcoin age, the liberation it had brought, it was all at risk. The fiat revivalists were a potent threat, but he was resolute. He had a world to protect, and he wouldn't back down now. The attack on James's mansion sent tremors through the fabric of the nation. The news was everywhere, on the screens of every Bitcoin exchange, in the whispers of parliamentarians, and on the front page of every media outlet. The home invasion had become a national crisis. The Bitcoin community, usually concealed behind anonymous transactions and PGP keys, was rattled. For them, this was an attack not just on James, but the very ideal they had come to represent, freedom, independence, and the promise of a decentralised future. Parliament convened an emergency session, while the media fervently debated the implications of the incident. The country was on edge. The tension palpable as both sides of the Bitcoin debate clashed in heated exchanges.
The fiat revivalists had clearly learned a thing or two from the Bitcoiners about the need for anonymity and privacy. They were more secret and private than the Bitcoiners themselves. Within the Bitcoin community, a different kind of mobilization was underway. A core group of influencers, investors and thinkers, known for their significant contributions to the Bitcoin ecosystem, decided to take matters into their own hands. Unwilling to wait for governmental action to rescue the hostages, they convened a virtual assembly on the encrypted networks they typically used for Bitcoin transactions. One by one, the screens lit up with faces, some of them well known in the industry, others showing themselves for the first time. They were known by their PGP keys, their Bitcoin addresses, their groundbreaking codes and concepts. But today, they showed their faces, their determination evident. From his study, James looked out onto the sea of faces on the screen. It was a motley crew of brilliant minds and stubborn wills, unified by the common goal. The fiat revivalists had started this war, but the Bitcoiners, in their collective decentralised strength, were prepared to end it. Together, they began to strategize, ready to reclaim their future. In the heart of the virtual space, James initiated a private meeting with the elite of the Bitcoin community. They hailed from diverse fields, cryptography, economics, law, software, engineering. Yet they were united in their shared belief in Bitcoin's potential to redefine society. Dubbing themselves the Fellowship of the Coin, they convened to address the crisis at hand. Their first and foremost task, the rescue of the hostages. Each member was acutely aware of the stakes, with friends and colleagues amongst the captured. As you know, began James, his face serious against the backdrop of his ruined mansion, we are facing an unprecedented threat, not just to us individually, but to the entire ecosystem we have built. We have to retrieve our friends and neutralise the fiat revivalists. Nods of agreement flashed across the screens. Strategies began to flow, each member contributing their unique perspective to the planning. The code is suggested infiltrating the revivalists' communication systems. The economists contemplated the financial repercussions, while the legal minds focused on ensuring their actions stayed within the boundaries of the law. The meeting stretched into hours, the virtual space filled with heated discussions, vigorous debates and collective brainstorming. Yet the mood remained resolute. The fellowship of the coin was determined to bring their friends home, to protect the world they had built from the ashes of the old financial system, and to uphold the values that Bitcoin stood for, decentralization, freedom and resilience. In the face of adversity, they found unity, their combined expertise a beacon of hope amidst the turmoil. Their mission was clear, their resolve unbreakable. The Fellowship of the Coin was ready to wage war on the fiat revivalists. Their battleground, the complex web of Bitcoin, their weapons, their unrivaled knowledge of the Bitcoin infrastructure, their goal, the safe return of their friends and the protection of their shared future. Over the next few days, the Fellowship of the Coin worked tirelessly, mapping out the intricate networks the fiat revivalists operated within. Using their extensive knowledge of the Bitcoin blockchain, they tracked out every transaction, every communication, every hint of the revivalists' operations. This was a war of intellects, not fought on physical battlefields, but within the circuits and nodes of the Bitcoin network. With every piece of information they gathered, the Fellowship grew more and more adept at anticipating the revivalists' moves. The media continued to buzz with updates about the crisis, speculating on the outcomes and whipping up the public into a frenzy. Parliament held multiple emergency sessions and law enforcement agencies were on high alert. Still, the Fellowship worked in silence, their actions unnoticed by the public eye. They were an invisible force, moving through the network with purpose and precision. Their shared goal of rescuing their friends and defending their way of life fueled their relentless pursuit of the revivalists. Finally, after days of intensive work, they made a breakthrough. They traced a significant amount of the revivalist transactions to a particular server, 
hidden deep within the dark net. This was it, the heart of the revivalists' operation. In this high-stakes game of chess, the Fellowship had made their move. The board was set. It was time for the revivalists to respond. What followed next would decide the fate of their friends and the future of Bitcoin in Britain. The Fiat revivalists were an enigmatic group, a shadowy assembly of disgruntled economists, disenfranchised financial workers and rogue hackers. They held a fanatical belief in the old ways, the traditional monetary system. They saw Bitcoin, with its decentralised power and lack of governmental control, as an affront to their worldview. Their operation centre, which the Fellowship had traced, was located in an abandoned industrial complex on the outskirts of Sheffield. A vast building that once served as a steel mill, it stood tall and intimidating, a grim relic of the city's past. Now it was a fortress harbouring those who sought to destabilise the Bitcoin-led society. The complex was a labyrinth of dark, winding corridors, massive echo-filled halls and a maze of abandoned machinery. Its size and layout made it ideal for clandestine operations, offering multiple escape routes and plenty of hideouts. However, it also gave the Fellowship potential points of infiltration. James and Victor pored over every satellite image they could get, every floor plan of the facility they found in public records. They discovered the servers were likely located in the deepest parts of the complex, the old furnace room, due to its need for expensive power supply. Armed with this knowledge, they devised a plan. They would infiltrate the complex under the cover of darkness, navigating through the maze of iron and steel towards the furnace room. They didn't know the specifics of what security measures the revivalists had in place, but they had to be prepared for anything. The element of surprise was their biggest advantage, and they intended to use it. As the Fellowship prepared for their daring mission, they knew they faced formidable foes. However, they were buoyed by their belief in Bitcoin and the principles it embodied. They would risk everything to defend it and to rescue their friends. James reached out to experts in 3D printing, who were also Bitcoin enthusiasts. They spent days designing weapons tailored to the mission, everything from compact handguns to non-lethal stun devices. With their technical knowledge and the versatility of 3D printing, they quickly built an arsenal that would provide the Fellowship with firepower and variety. Alongside this, James managed to contact a couple of former SAS operatives, convincing them to join their cause. Their training experience and battle-hardened resolve would be invaluable in the mission ahead. In the run-up to the raid, the Fellowship met nightly. They had reviewed their plan over and over again, memorising every route and contingency. They trained with the 3D printed weapons, learning how to handle and operate them efficiently. The former SAS operatives shared tips and strategies, turning the Bitcoin experts into a crude yet determined force. The day of the raid arrived. It was a cloudy, overcast day. The gloomy weather reflecting the tense atmosphere that hung over the group. The Fellowship gathered in an inconspicuous location on the outskirts of Sheffield, their faces lit by the soft glow of their laptop screens as they made their final preparations. The chatter was minimal, the gravity of what they were about to undertake sinking in. Yet despite the tension, there was an undercurrent of determination, a shared resolve that strengthened them. With a final nod from James, they set off as it began to get dark. They moved in unison, their steps echoing in the empty streets as they headed towards the abandoned complex. They knew the night would be fraught with danger, but they were ready to face it. For their friends, for Bitcoin, and for the future they believed in, it was time for the Fellowship of the Coin to make their stand. They gathered in the dim light of a closed-down warehouse, a large satellite image of the industrial complex projected onto a makeshift screen. The former SAS operatives, Jake and Liam, spearheaded the meeting, their seasoned eyes scanning the layout of the building. Jake cleared his throat, the silence quickly descending on the group. This is our entry point, he said, pointing to an unassuming access door 
in the side of the steel mill. From there, we'll need to move quickly, quietly, and most importantly, together. The group nodded, the gravity of their mission causing a visible ripple of tension. James, however, maintained an intense focus, his gaze fixed on the blueprint. From the entrance, Liam continued, tracing a path through a complex maze of machinery and infrastructure. We'll head to the heart of the facility, the furnace room. That's where the servers are, and likely where our friends are being held. There was a pause as everyone absorbed the information. Questions were asked, from the simple to the complex. The 3D printed weapons were examined, the heft and feel of them a grim reminder of what was to come. James stood up, meeting the eyes of each person in turn. We're doing this for our friends, for our beliefs. We're up against a group who wants to see us fail, who wants to see the world we've worked to build crumble. We cannot, will not, let that happen. His speech was met with nods of agreement, a shared resolve filling the room. They spent the next few hours going over the plan, practicing scenarios, preparing for what they knew would be a challenging mission. The Fellowship, now a unit hardened by purpose, moved towards the complex. The complex stood before them, a monstrous silhouette against the twilight sky. With a deep breath, James led them forward into the jaws of the beast. They infiltrated the complex as planned, moving in silent unison. Jake and Liam led the charge, their expertise guiding the group through the labyrinth of steel and iron. They reached the heart of the facility, the ominous hum of servers filling the air. An alarm pierced the silence. Red warning lights washed the room. Armed figures emerging from the shadows. The Fiat Revivalists. Gunfire erupted, the cacophony of chaos echoing around the room. James, amidst the panic, spotted a door leading to the underground bunkers. I'm going for the hostages, he yelled, breaking away from the firefight and sprinting towards the door. Despite the danger, the uncertainty, he pushed on, propelled by the thought of his captive friends and the future he was fighting for. Bullets whizzed past as the echo of gunfire intensified, transforming the vast furnace room into a battlefield. Jake and Liam, despite being outnumbered, provided a staunch defence, their training shining through the chaos. The members of the Fellowship, even those with no formal combat training, held their ground the 3D printed weapons in their hands becoming an extension of their resolve. Still, the Fiat Revivalists were unyielding. Several of the Fellowship were hit, their cries of pain piercing through the cacophony. James, his heart pounding in the chest, could only hope that their injuries were not severe. Descending into the underground bunkers, James found himself in a dimly lit corridor. The air was stagnant, filled with the faint hum of machinery. Following the blueprint in his mind, he navigated through the labyrinth, every corner, potentially hiding a hostile. He finally arrived at a heavily fortified door. Swallowing hard, he applied a small, 3D printed explosive device onto the lock. After a few seconds, the door blew open, a cloud of dust filling the air. As the dust settled, he stepped inside, his heart catching in his throat. There, tied up, and looking worse for wear but alive, were his friends. Their eyes widened at the sight of him, relief washing over their faces. He quickly untied them, helping them to their feet, and led them back to the chaos of the battle above. The fight was far from over, and the stakes had just risen. James was no longer fighting for just an idea, but for the lives of his friends, his comrades, his fellow soldiers, in the war for a decentralised future. It was a fight they could not afford to lose. The battle raged on, bullets ricocheting off metal surfaces, the smell of gunpowder and fear heavy in the air. James and his group were outnumbered, but not outmatched. Each of them fought with the tenacity of those who had everything to lose. In the heart of the Fiat Revivalist stronghold, just as James was leading the hostages towards the exit, the door swung open, revealing a figure that made James's heart skip a beat. It was Agent Carter. His usual composed demeanour replaced with a tense, guarded expression. His hand was on his gun, his gaze scanning the room before landing on James and the hostages. James felt a jolt of surprise and a rush of adrenaline. Was Carter here to help them, or was there a darker reason for his presence 
in the midst of the chaos. But there was no time to debate. They had to get the hostages to safety. James nodded at Carter, hoping that his instincts were right, that the agent was on their side. As they began their tense journey back towards the outside, the sounds of the battle became more distant, but no less intense. James felt a surge of hope. If they could just make it out into the open, they could regroup, plan their next move. But they were far from safe. They had a long way to go still. Only time would tell what fate awaited them and what role Agent Carter would play in their fight against the Fiat Revivalists. James gripped his weapon tighter, preparing to fight for their lives and their freedom every step of the way. The sudden silence that fell over the bunker was almost as deafening as the gunfire had been. It seemed the Revivalists had withdrawn. James looked around, surveying the scene, his heart pounding in his chest. Against all odds, it looked like they'd won. They'd rescued their friends, and the Fiat Revivalists had withdrawn. He couldn't help that the relief washed over him. But his relief was short-lived. From the corner of his eye, James noticed Agent Carter step forward, his gaze hard and cold. A feeling of dread began to curl in James's gut. I have a confession to make, Carter began, the voice echoing off the metal walls. This was never about the Fiat Revivalists. The Bitcoiners fell silent, every eye fixed on Carter as he continued. The government has a policy, you see. A policy to suppress Bitcoin, to keep control as long as they can. The words hit James like a punch to the gut. Betrayal from the one person he thought they could trust. From the government that was supposed to protect them. And what better way to enact that policy, Carter continued, than by gathering some of the top minds in Bitcoin in one place. It took a moment for the gravity of Carter's words to sink in. This was all a setup. They'd walked right into a trap. James looked around, meeting the eyes of his allies. There was shock, betrayal, but also resolve. They were not about to let Carter and the government take them down without a fight. With a shared nod, they tightened their grips on their weapons. The battle wasn't over. In fact, it was just beginning. Their true enemy had revealed themselves, and it was time for the Fellowship of the Coin to rise up and take a stand for Bitcoin, for their freedom and the future they were building even if it meant taking down the government. The deafening sound of gunfire quickly echoed through the confines of the stronghold. An ambush, and it was swift and brutal. Agent Carter and a group of concealed forces overwhelmed the Bitcoin one by one, shooting at them from all around. People started to fall, each fallen comrade fueling James's determination. Then, he quickly realised he was the last of the Allies. The last of the Fellowship, James found himself the sole focus of Agent Carter. The agent's smirk, cold and predatory, etched himself into James's mind as he thought about fighting back. His weapon sang through the air, the metallic ring, the only response to his fury. But Carter was too quick. He found cover with ease. Carter called for backup, his voice barely audible over the din of the firefight. It wouldn't be long before James was entirely outnumbered. James needed a plan. He needed to survive. The agent closed in, weapon raised, a sinister grin stretching across his face. His eyes locked with James's, the message clear. He was coming for James. James drew on his reserves of strength, his mind whirling with strategies. The odds were stacked against him, but he couldn't let that deter him. Backing into a corner, James let his instincts take over. Every breath, every heartbeat was attuned to the rhythm of the battle. The chaos surrounding him fading into a blur. He was aware of nothing but Carter advancing, the cold glint of his weapon, the intense, burning need to survive. With a cry, James charged forward, weapon raised, determined to make his last stand to fight until his last breath. He was the last line of defence, the final beacon of their Bitcoin revolution. No matter what, he would not go down without a fight. 
with the acrid scent of gunpowder heavy in the air, Carter cornered James. The weary Bitcoiner could only lean against the crumbling wall of the ruined fortress, the stark reality of the situation pressing down on him. His pulse pounded in his ears, his chest heaving from the relentless fighting. Why, James? Carter's voice echoed in the eerie silence, a smug edge tinging his words. Why would you trust a third party like me? And a security agent at that. I thought you were a true Bitcoiner and an intelligent one at that. James struggled to find words, his mind racing. He had been so certain, so confident in their cause, but now he had nothing. The cruel irony of it all cut him deeper than any bullet ever could. I should never have left the orgy, James mumbled to himself. Without waiting for an answer, Carter raised his weapon. The sound of the gunshot echoed through the complex, its reverberations marking the end of an era, the end of a revolution. His job done, leaving the ruins and the memory of James behind him. His report to the intelligence chief was brief, its message chillingly efficient. Operation successful, threat neutralised. And with that, Britain's Bitcoin revolution was left in tatters, its champions defeated, its dreams unfulfilled. The sun set on a new era of control, a dark cloud over the once hopeful Bitcoin community. But deep down, the seed of rebellion still lingered, waiting for the right moment to sprout again. The fight wasn't over yet. The roar of the Bitcoin lion had been muted, but it was far from silenced.